From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Tuesday, June 13th. I'm Sarah Wright. A group of diverse interests met yesterday to try to nail down exactly what it wants as the Potter Valley Project moves into the surrender process. The Russian River Water Forum includes many of the parties who were involved in Congressman Jared Huffman's two-basin solution ad hoc committee. Notably missing, though, are representatives from the many state and federal regulatory agencies that were involved in that effort to craft an approach that would be amenable to Russian River water users and environmental and fisheries interests in the Eel River watershed. The Water Forum is attempting to include a wider variety of voices. Yesterday, Nicole Whipple, a Yuki member of the Round Valley Indian tribes representing Save California Salmon, joined the group. Members are also awaiting a proposal from Robinson Rancheria in Lake County, and they accepted representatives from the Lake Pillsbury Alliance. The alliance was previously represented by a member of the Lake County Board of Supervisors. The Sonoma County Water Agency got a $400,000 grant two years ago from the California Department of Water Resources Urban and Multi-Benefit Drought Relief Program to establish the forum, which is moderated by a consulting company called Kearns & West. Benjamin Gettleman, a facilitator with the firm, reminded members of the planning group yesterday what their purpose is. Hopefully this whole group can arrive at a solution, um, a local solution that would be proposed to PG&E. It's also possible that there are, you know, a couple and we just sort of map out the interests of the group around those proposals, but but hopefully that's still a way to move forward. PG&E has signaled that it's willing to consider a proposal before it submits a draft of its surrender application to the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission in November of this year. PG&E representatives have made seemingly unequivocal statements about removing both dams, such as this one from Senior Licensing Project Manager Tony Gigliotti at a town hall in late April. PG&E, when we say decommissioning in this case, the, both dams will be removed as part of that unless somebody comes forward with a proposal that PG&E looks at and uh, accepts. We need to ensure that they can operate the dams after we give up ownership. However, there does appear to be some nuance. Gettleman said that PG&E has provided some clarifying statements. Kearns and West does not speak on behalf of PG&E. Um, there was a, a statement that the, the PG&E's decommissioning plan will include full facilities removal. And, and so the clarifications were what we received verbatim from PG&E. So PG&E's statement there was the PG&E's decommissioning plan will include the removal of in-water facilities such that no feature will continue to impound water and the natural flow of the river will occur. Statement, PG&E is considering expedited partial or full removal of Scott Dam as a long-term mitigation measure. PG&E's clarification statement, PG&E is continuing to evaluate Scott Dam and will mitigate any dam safety concerns as appropriate. Henry DeRuff with Kearns and West reeled off some of the considerations that participants expressed during the first planning group meeting last month. And many folks uh, stated uh, interest in providing reliable water supplies to Russian River communities, tribes, and agriculture, that that water should be allocated equitably. Then um, there are several, a number of different perspectives shared on water rights. Enforcement of the water rights should be consistent with sustainable use, that the water rights in the system should be clarified as part of this process and that uh, they should also be feasible given the water rights framework that we're working within. Interest in maintaining adequate in-stream flows throughout the Russian River that are consistent with the 2006 restructured agreement for water supply, that the group should evaluate costs and benefits of the Potter Valley Project diversion water versus other options, that Lake Mendocino, this is again speaking in a Russian River basin, um, should be maintained as a source for fire suppression, and that what, there should be sufficient water supply to support the secondary benefits, in particular provided by agriculture. 
For her part, Whipple thinks Russian River water users should learn to live without Eel River water. I find it important that as we speak together with the multiple agencies that we consider creating a self-sufficiency plan for the Russian River water users rather than a resiliency plan because it is our river, our water basin that is supplying and being dependent upon. Whipple reminded the group that the Yuki were traditionally fish people, but that war and assimilation deprived them of their age-old interactions with the river and the creatures in it. Vivian Hellowell of the Pacific Coast Federation of Fishermen's Associations also had fish in mind. What National Marine Fisheries Service has said they are going to require is volitional fish passage to and from the headwaters for all the different life stages of the different species of concern up there. I wanted to say something about water supply. I don't see anything in there about optimal flows for fisheries in the Eel River before these other things can even begin to be fulfilled. If we're talking about water from the Eel River. David Manning of Sonoma Water pointed out that the Russian River is also a prized source of salmon. I will remind everybody that Chinook salmon in the Russian River and the Eel River are part of the same ESU and constrain ocean fisheries equally. ESU, for those of you unfamiliar with those acronyms used by NIMS, are evolutionarily significant unit. It's the California Coastal Chinook Salmon Evolutionarily Significant Unit includes both the Russian and the Eel River. DeRuff duly noted that everyone wants to make sure they're fairly compensated for whatever damages they incur, whether the dams stay in or go out, and whether it's possible to continue diverting water without them, or if Russian River self-sufficiency will be the post-decommissioning reality. Specific notes on finance. First is ensuring that Russian River water users will not be obligated to pay costs disproportionate to the benefits received from from preserving the water diversion. And different point, uh, ensuring that Russian River users pay the full cost of diverted Eel River water, including compensation for damage to the Eel River Basin. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Ray. For all our local news, photos, and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.